Oh, that's great. How long have you guys been dating? Officially for about three and a half months. Aw, as old as my baby. So the age of your relationship will always be the age of my son. There you go. That's how I'll keep track of it. (laughs) College student Mary has always stood out above the crowd, literally. At six foot two, she often felt isolated from her peers. She began experiencing depression and anxiety in junior high school. Now she hopes that she can stand out as an advocate for mental health. My name is Katie Houston Davies, and this is Mental Illness and Me. Well, I'm Mary. I'm 20 years old. I'm gonna soon here be 21. I I'm officially like six foot two, and I think like it's added a lot to my life and just a lot of like my personality just comes from me being tall um tell me more about that I think that's really cool yeah so I mean I was tall from a very early age (laughs) and um I like I just remember specifically like especially in elementary school I had a hard time fitting into a group of people because I guess no one wanted to like everyone thought it was weird that I was extremely tall and um like as a little kid I was super looked up to because like I was tall like I was this big kid but um a lot of my life I've just wanted to find a find a place where I fit because it never happened during school and I found places that I fit but it's a lot of just been like a me searching kind of thing and not searching with other people I mean I'm I'm owning my tallness now like and I think I've always just been okay I've been okay with being tall my whole life I think the one thing that always confused me was why people would treat me differently because I was so tall and when other people feel left out they automatically like come to me as a refuge because they see me as like a person who like has stood their ground for so long by themselves like without a lot of people like I guess it's just easier to relate I don't come from a very tall family like my parents are average height my sisters are average height I'm (laughs) and I'm like they're both about like five six five seven my extended family is pretty tall um so but it was just meant to be part of your life story yep exactly and I mean I'm not complaining I can reach high (laughs) shelves yeah (laughs) well so what are some of the hobbies and activities that you like doing this sounds so weird like I really like driving and just thinking and pondering and it's kind of become like a safe space for me to do that Um, oh I think that's great and just pondering things that's happened in my life and trying to process everything driving is a very nice coping mechanism (laughs) for when things get haywire um but I also like watching tv um I like playing basketball 
in sports. I like watching sports a lot. And I also like doing, like, school. Like, just the constant act of always needing to learn and to grow your knowledge has always been has always spiked my interest. So tell me a little bit about your mental illness diagnoses. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of started having like, I guess like more mood swings when I was in like fifth and sixth grade. And I just thought it was just me becoming like me maturing. And I was like, oh, I guess this is kind of normal for everyone when they like when like you have like these super high highs and super low lows. Um, and then in my first year of middle school, seventh grade, I um, I was like a whole like smack upside the head or something or just a whole like shock to my system where like I realized that like, oh, shoot, like everyone has their group of friends and I don't. And, um, everyone thinks of me as, like, the weird tall kid, so I guess I just have to find, like, a place where I fit, and a lot of the people that I fit with, because, like, this, like, a couple friend groups would just accept anyone, like, and I, like, and even in those groups, I didn't feel like I was fully accepted, and so I, started hurting myself um to fit better fit in I didn't really like I don't know why I did that it was I was just trying to figure out where I was and where I fit in and um so was it a group of friends who were dealing with their own set of issues and they would cut themselves to do that and it was a way to kind of relate to them or connect to them yeah that was it and it was just I just kind of got down in this spiral where I would just always like on my iPod (laughs) when I was home I would like look at these like really super depressing quotes just to like kind of fit in with like those groups and my parents um one time noticed um the scars on my arm and they freaked out and they put me in um therapy where like I was officially diagnosed with depression after when I in like early 2014 and like that's like the only official diagnosis I've had um because I've gone to like let's see I've gone to one two three, four, I've gone to about five therapists and I've, and that's like the only official diagnosis that I've ever had. Um, like therapists have always been like, Oh, like you might have like a little bit of anxiety or you might have a little bit of OCD. And I was just like, just, (laughs) just like, do I have it or not? And so that, that's always been super frustrating for me is like, like, where like is my depression like the cause of some other mental illness or is it that I have depression depression I've been thinking about this a lot just looking back a lot of what's caused like my depression is other signs of 
probably anxiety for and like how like I just get so worked up about stuff and then like once that like I get so worked up about it I start to feel bad and like have like negative self-thoughts and then I get in like the depression hole but it doesn't initially start at depression what were some of the signs that it was kind of getting out of your control um a lot of my relationships were struggling because of um how worked up I was getting like I like to be in control of my surroundings so that I don't like so that there's a predicted outcome and there's no like hidden curveballs and with that I tried to control other people (laughs) and a lot of my friendships were struggling probably around like my junior year of high school is when I noticed it the most where I just had a lot of friendships that were going down in the dumps because I couldn't get a hold of my emotions. <laughs> I, I think that being controlling, I'm really glad you pointed that out because I think it's easy to be critical of someone and say, oh, they're so controlling. Well, oftentimes it's out of anxiety and not necessarily a place of um, being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I honestly wish I could go back in time and tell like the friends that I was being rude to that it was 100% my anxiety and um and me not knowing how to handle the situation if I could go back in time I would just say like I'm sorry I really could not handle like I cannot handle my emotions um right now like and just like even if we still don't end up being friends just saying just ending the friendship in a better way yeah right like I think everyone's brain does this is like they automatically think about first like all the negative situations that could happen and it would just um it would just like be this never-ending spiral you know those like loop videos that like have like the spirals or whatever like it would just feel like one of those like never ending spirals going down and down into this place where like I felt stuck I just couldn't process anything anymore so I just had to like I couldn't like shove it back anymore like I just whatever I was given like at that time I had to like confront it immediately and a lot of like my reactions were anger and sadness. Right. Yeah. I think what you said about you always kind of look at the negative situations that could happen. I think at least when I was in therapy, I think they called it catastrophizing. You leap immediately to that worst case scenario instead of um, just sort of living in that place of uncertainty. Who wouldn't get depressed? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know you said your parents took you to a therapist. What about as you've gotten older and now you're, you know, an adult and make your own choices? What has motivated you to seek help? I guess I've just wanted lasting relationships. Like, 
you asked me at the beginning, like what I value most, I think is, well, one thing that I really value is meaningful connections. Because as a person who doesn't have, like, who has a lot of like surface level connections, I really appreciate deeper level connections. And for a long time, I just, I just realized a lot of what was stopping me from having those meaningful connections was my own anxiety and my own worries about the connections that I would have. And like, I just, like, there were a couple times where I just sat down and I was like, I need therapy (laughs) and I need to just somewhere to like let out my anxieties yeah I think mental illness it affects relationships so much going to therapy in my 30s it it really completely changed my relationships for the better oh another thing that's kind of helped me be okay with like asking to go to therapy because like I mean it's one thing to be like like where like you know you need therapy but like you don't do anything about it and like just sitting down and like just letting go of your ego for a hot minute and saying it's okay to get professional help for a minute just to make sure everything's okay and then move forward what are some of the things that you've done to help treat your depression well a lot of like what I do with like my depression and my anxiety and all that jazz is I tend to just bottle it up and just I'm like oh like I'll just deal with it later like it's okay like just breathe through and like just do that just push through it and not necessarily take the time to process it in the moment and like so a lot of what therapists have done with me is to recognize what feelings I'm feeling like in the moment I'm feeling them this happened especially a lot on my mission where I was just like where the like the mission therapist said okay every every like five hours like just sit down for a couple minutes and write down like what you're feeling in the moment and like she gave me like a chart of emotions to write down (laughs) and I was like this is kind of dumb but okay but I've kind of found out like it's good to identify the emotions that you're feeling so that you can know how to act so a quick question about depression and the way it manifests itself for you I think a lot of people have the impression that depression is when you can't get out of bed all day and that kind of thing is that what it looked like for you or was it different it was it was definitely different for me um depression for me was I didn't have any emotions and I I was so overwhelmed with so many emotions because when you're inside all day during a pandemic you get a chance to process everything that's happened in your life and 
I realized that I had a lot of feelings that I didn't haven't dealt with in a long time and like my body just reacts in a way where I become zombie like and I'm like I'm responsive and I can do like basic things like I can drive I can cook I can eat I can talk but I'm just not there like I'm not present in whatever relationship I have and so for me it's a lot of just being out of out of sync with like my emotions and just be I I just became a zombie (laughs) I think that's important for people to understand that depression can take many different forms and it can be something that is not necessarily identifiable you know you see somebody going through the motions of their life and what may seem to you like a character flaw of somebody who is not engaging or who's angry all the time or something is really just a manifestation of depression yeah I definitely think that depression can come in many forms and it def it takes a lot of self-reflection time to figure out how mental health is like how you present mental health or how you deal with it so where are you at right now in your journey to healing I guess I'm actually on I'm on a I'm on a higher slope I guess because I've decided to go on medication for um, my anxiety it was not an easy process (laughs) like my current relationship with my boyfriend like was kind of being hindered because I was being stubborn and just was not wanting to do medication I just I really like my the relationships that I have and I wanted wanted to I didn't want to like save them but I just wanted to make sure that they would be okay and and I found the best option for me was to do medication yeah I think sometimes it allows you to be yourself more Some people, it doesn't work for them that same way, but at least for me, it lessens the anxiety to the point where I can be me and not turned inward as I worry about all the things going on inside my head. So I don't know. Is that what you've experienced as well? Oh, yeah. And right now, like, I don't feel those anxieties anymore because of the medication that I'm on. And and it's like a super low dosage, like, like with medication, you can work with your psychiatrist to figure out what works best for you. Like if you need a high dosage of something or you could start with a low dosage. Mental health is so personal, which is so amazing because like it's not just a one size fits all kind of a thing. Right. That's that's such a good point. And for that reason, we need to give people the benefit of the doubt because there, there's not a, an easy fix to any of it, you know? Oh, yeah. It was definitely a wrench in my soul when I, like, finally just realized, like, and I, and I was just looking for answers on, like, should I do medication or not? And I just got, like, a very clear answer, like, like, yes, you need to do it because it's going to improve your life. And 
that's what worked that's what has worked best for me and and with that being said medication is not for everyone it is super scary to let yourself be dependent like semi-dependent on a medicine to help you with your anxieties Right. That's a good thing to point out. It's not like it's an easy solution for people to come to terms with. Like it's to say, you know, I need to have medication to help my mind. It's, it's a hard thing for people to wrap their heads around. It feels so personal and it feels so much like there's something wrong with you fundamentally, you know, instead of looking at it from a very medical physical point of view it feels very much more emotional and personal also like finding the right therapist is such a huge thing because like you can go to like any therapist and like the therapist is just going to do what they know best um and so finding like the right therapist is super important and like it may take some time it may take more than five therapists to find the right one I just, for me, I just found solace in taking a medication because my problems weren't, like, my mental health issues weren't fixable to the point where I could just go to therapy and be fine. Like, I had to, like, there was an actual chemical imbalance. Absolutely. And I think I think a lot of people, depending on what is happening in their lives, benefit from a combination of both from therapy joined together with medication. And then sometimes they'll find, Oh, I'm in a place where I don't need to the therapist every single week and I can do okay. Just functioning with my daily medication, but then a crisis could come up in life and they find that they need um, a little bit more support. And so they see their seek therapy again. I, at least for me, I I've come to terms with the fact that medication will be a part of my life for the rest of my life. Uh, just based on my mental illness history. But I also am not seeking therapy currently because I've been doing pretty well with it. But I know that down the road, there will probably come a time when I'm going to need that again. And I just need to keep myself open to it and be willing to seek it when it's time. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you hope people will take away from this after listening to your story? I hope that all the tall people out there will relate to kind of feeling out of their place. And I can, I can promise you that, um, and for anyone who just feels like out of place, that as long as you continue putting your mental health first and making sure that you're okay, everything will, everything will fall into place and even if you don't feel like you fit in it's okay I've I've 99.99 percent sure a lot of other people have felt that way I and I love how you tied it in to sort of starting your whole um conversation about your height and how that sort of put you into a category where you were unique and people look to you because you were different and and that gives you a powerful place for change because you get noticed and you can use that 
for such good. And obviously it caused some issues when you were younger because you feel like you don't fit in, you're a little different, but it also can make you a more powerful voice for advocacy, which is really cool. Any final thoughts you have for those listening? I think just look for your purpose in life and have that be your driving factor for getting better. Because I feel like a lot of times some people just don't have that drive or like something that they're super interested in. Like find something that's worth getting better for. And and even if it takes a lot of sweat and sweat and pain sometimes it's what's needed the goal of mental illness in me is to normalize the mental health conversation and help those who suffer feel less alone your support is critical to raise awareness and help as many people as possible if this podcast resonates with you please follow our instagram account mental illness in me kt our facebook page mental illness in me or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you are interested in sharing your story, please email mentalillnessandmekt at gmail.com.